Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about Origins? Ah, yes. The recap episode. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your co-host who's dropping, Phil. And I am your other co-host who has the con crud, Senda. <laughs> you can't hear well, it in my well, voice well. yet. Yeah, I'm guessing it moved from my throat to my sinuses this afternoon, so I'm guessing in a couple of days I'm going to sound real terrible, probably for So for episode 113, for yeah, 113 I, I mean, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm doing a lot of self-care. I'm trying to fight it off and not get worse, but... There you <laughs> go. So what did we do? What did we do? We went to Origins, and we're going to talk about our time there, because we just got mm-hmm. back, and we're recording just a few days later. We're going to take it kind of easy tonight, and we're just going to talk about some of the highlights of the convention, um, as well as the games that we ran and that we played, and you know, honestly, we love you all, and we wanted to make sure there was an episode, kind of mailing it in. A <laughs> L- little, little bit. A <laughs> little bit. But you know, bit. It, just wait, in the outtake, there's outtakes, there's Bill Cheese, so... It will be. Mm-hmm. It will be worth your time. Don't, no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, the Origins Game Fair, right? Uh, located in Columbus, right? Columbus Convention Center. This year, it was slightly bigger than last year, so it is. It was uh, eighteen point five thousand attendees. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to our episode on conventions, it is classified as a large convention. Yep. But it's still, it's still like less than a third of the size of Gen Con. Right. Which is kind of nice. Um, which I actually will consider a perk. Yes, um, agree. Uh, and it's a full array, full array of events, right? RPGs, board games, war games, card games, all the games, all that stuff all uh, goes on. Yep, yep. So last year we went kind of on a whim, right? Like we were up in the air about are we going to Gen Con or are we going to Origins? Right. And we actually, if I remember correctly, we went to Origins because. The first week of school, yeah, for your son was the Directly week of Gen Con. Over Gen Con, yeah, it was correct. And it was, yeah. and it, and you were, uh, you were a very good parent, and were you know made sure you were present for all that. So we were like, all right, let's do Origins. So we went last year, and if you went back and listened to our episode from last year, we didn't actually plan anything, right? Yeah. So we just like showed last up. Minute, we showed up. We did lots of off book games. We hung out with a lot of people and chilled. I don't even remember. Did we do a lot? We did some off-book we games. Did, I remember I ran I played, Action Movie World. And, I played so... I ran so much damn Love and Justice. Oh, we were doing play tests we for, play Love and Just- for Love and Justice. There was a lot of that yep, going on, and, yes. And that was also you... Um, you ran Hydra Hackers and then ripped apart the... Hack- oh, yes. The ill-fated, <laughs> the ill-fated uh, Hydra Hackers game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Important ill-fated game. Yes. Okay, yeah, so that was all last year. Yeah. This year, though... We knew we were going, Yep. so we actually put on our planning hats uh, <laughs> and actually planned to run stuff. So what did you run event-wise? What did you, what game-wise, what did you run this year? Uh, so yeah, so this year I ran, I ran two sessions of Turning Point. I ran a Hydra Hacker Operatives, uh, a round of Broken Main. I ran my, uh, 
standard but hasn't been run in a while. She's a super geek, one last job, a la Magical Girls. And on Sunday morning to wrap up the con, I ran Love and Justice. What did you run? Well... I ran two sessions of Turning Point as well, Mm -hmm. uh, which was good. They gave us four, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. They gave us four sessions worth of uh, data. Yep. I ran two sessions of Hydro Hackers, Broken Main. I ran one official and one unofficial. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I had scheduled Redwater Blues, but didn't actually get enough players for that one. So that one uh, did not go off. Right. Uh, And then Sunday morning, opposite your Love and Justice game, I ran Rocker Boys and Vending Machines. Heck um, yes. Which had been forever since I ran it and actually like had to like relearn the rules. (laughs) Right. Like sitting at the table. I mean, granted, it's a two page game, but it was like, boy, I haven't done this in a while. Right. (laughs) And uh, it was good. It was fun. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. Uh, We also got our stuff together and uh, did some seminars. We did indeed. So we did the one shot on campaign tango, which was essentially a live version of our actual show, but, you know, built for people not as like a review or a variety thing, like an actual helpful seminar that also happened to run like our, one of our shows. So that was that was pretty good. We got a pretty good turnout for that. I think about it. Yeah, it was a 30 minute seminar that took an hour to run. Yeah, that makes sense, kind of right? like our show, kind of like our show. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how it went. Um, we also participated in the Play Better Games Damn It seminar, uh, which is kind of like the misdirected Mark Jamboree. So, yeah, uh, variety show is what I would call yeah, vari- it. Variety yeah, variety show is a good way to put it. Yeah, good it was, way to put uh, it, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Ange from the Gnome cast was there, and Hobbs from Hobbs and Friends of the OSR was there, the Misdirected Mark crew, so Chris, Bob, and I, uh, and you and I, right? Like, that was... Yep. Merwin, I think, was off doing D&D stuff. Like, yeah, I don't think he was he had off a, being busy. Um, and, uh, yep. And there was, there was crossword puzzles. There were question and answers, much laughter, Uh, singing, singing. Yep. There were a couple of songs. Chris and I both managed to screw up the songs in the middle of the song. It was great. It was quite enjoyable. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, so, so needless to say this year we were far better organized. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So Let's talk about overall impressions. What was what were some of your what were some of your impressions and some of your, like your general highlights? Not specifically about Turning Point and Hydra Hackers because that's going to be the Turning meat of our discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but give me some give me some highlights. Right. This is actually so it's actually what I told uh, uh, Kira on her awesome YouTube channel was um, doing some quick interviews with people about like what inspired them at Origins, um, which is a, a a neat little quick watch. So, I mean, I will actually say something very similar to what I said to her. The thing that I really enjoy about Origins is is that it's big enough that a lot of the people that I want to see are there, but it's small enough that I actually get time to see them. Like, I actually get time to interact with them and stuff. You know, we got to sit down for a couple of meals with, you know cool people and just like actually hang out for like an hour or two and like talk about some about games and some about life and all of that kind of stuff and making those kind of personal connections is something that I feel like is really difficult to do when you get a lot bigger (laughs) than Origins so that's kind of my thing that I do really enjoy about Origins I mean I will say I think that the Misdirected Mark crew 
Like everybody who showed up was super duper awesome, super duper welcoming, super duper inclusive. I'm really proud to be part of that community. That it, it's it's fantastic. And we're, you know, we're kind of already making plans for next year about how to just do things even better and make even more community spaces and, and basically really dig into Origins as, as our con where we're going to have that presence and really be available um, to our fans and also hopefully find, you know, a lot of new people. It feels so weird of me to say fans. I should say listeners or something like, I don't know, do we have fans? Like that's, it feels so... uh Unhumble, a little pretentious, right? Yeah. Pretentious, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for being pretentious. Good. So, uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess that's my my general impression for this year. I mean, um, you know, there's some stories coming out now that I'm not following super closely, but I know that that wasn't everybody's experience of Origins this year, and um, I think there are some worthy efforts that could be taken to make sure that everyone has a really safe experience at origins and i think that they're worth taking and i I hope that that's something that we see start happening and obviously the registration system is a bit of a disaster event registration in particular badge badge purchasing is um badge purchasing isn't too bad but event reg is uh event reg is really problematic and and actually my best recommendations are to register for what you can and then just go buy a bunch of generics. Right, just show up cuz it was so bad that, you know, none of our games were full, but we ended up running full games. People were just showing up with generics. Yeah. And, and we were great. very okay with that, right? Yeah. Like the system works really easily for that, so people just plunked down a couple of generics, grabbed a seat, yep. uh, and we were able to run out our games. So So for me, uh impression-wise, so the first thing is that it was consistent with last year. So where it was good last year, it remained good this year. So the size was right, uh, the location, the restaurants and things like yeah, that around food. it, all of that, mm-hmm. all of that remained uh, just as good as last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parts that weren't so good, the registration system and things like that, mm-hmm. well, th- those kind of also remained the same. Right. So um, <laughs> while that's not great because, you know, we'd like everything to be awesome – I do value consistency over inconsistency because I can adapt to the incon like I can adapt to the shortcomings, right? Like right. it's much worse if like one year the food is super great and the next year the food is super terrible and then, you know, the event system works and then the next year it doesn't work or whatever. Like it was consistent and and I will take consistent. Uh, I really like the space is another thing like the origin space is it's a nice convention center that's connected to a few hotels and it's pretty accessible uh parking is decent so um so having gone to gen con for many many years things that you can do uh at origins are things like you get a hotel in the um connecting oh yeah 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 Uh, yeah. you yeah, you can park in the parking structures that are connected to yes. the um to the building. Yeah. The space is easily walkable, right? So like I had some trouble walking, like I had some problems with my ankle, but I even with the problems with my ankle, I could still actually get to everywhere we needed to be. I was just yes. slower than most people. Right. Um bad. I did I did like that the dealer's floor was bigger yeah. than it was last year. Yeah. 
not as ridiculously huge as Gen Con, right. but big enough that uh, one, I don't think we walked the we whole thing. Definitely did not. <laughs> and two, that there was plenty of things to buy. Yeah. Like I was good. Like I, I did a little shop and I didn't go crazy, but I was, you know, like I had a good time on the floor. Other impressions. Oh, the uh, this is the second year that Origins has corresponded with the um, with Columbus's Pride Day, yeah. and yeah. that was really awesome. The parade goes right past the convention center, so we were able to at the end of our seminar actually uh, walk up to the window and watch the Pride Parade from the second floor. That was right in the that was a lot of fun. Blender. Yeah, the only downside uh, it was to hot. that. It was hot. hot. But the only downside to that was that, like, then we wanted dinner at some point, and, like, literally all the restaurants up and down the street were packed and half out of food because of the amount of people. (laughs) The lesson learned is that on Saturday, the actual Pride Parade, that you should not go out to... Uh, high street to go to any restaurants or bars yeah, because not those are just those are just overrun. Yeah. Um, instead, what you should do is that there is a uh, food court in the convention center that is it's fine. It is plenty fine. It is not nearly as nice as the restaurants and the farmers market. Right. Uh, but it is perfectly serviceable. Yep. And the secret that we learned is the hotel restaurants do not fill up. Right. Because so, they're not at ground level, and you can't right. see them off the street. Right. So actually, we were able to go into um, the Hilton. Yeah, um, I think it was the Hilton. We were able to go into the Hilton and actually have a pretty nice dinner in a really nice, quiet location with yeah, friends. It was good. Um, while the like rest of <laughs> High Street yeah. was completely packed and out of food. Yeah, like so, literally, we tried like three places. <laughs> but I will say this: I for I am willing to sacrifice going out for schmancy dinner on. Saturday to have the Pride Parade be the same weekend. It like, is I am, very cool. Yeah, it's it, it is awesome. It, it's very cool, and uh, I'm all for let. I'm all for that. Those things happening in the same spaces. So overall, very happy. And then I want to just echo what you said. There were a good number of misdirected Mark listeners who uh, came to the uh, convention, and we all basically kind of hung out together. Uh, played games we hung out in um base camp as we called yeah. it the base uh, camp, yeah. the, the space in the hyatt and i just want to say that our, our listeners are just some of the best people i know like i just was it was so welcoming it was so pleasant and nice and people with very diverse backgrounds and ideologies and all of that like all came together and were treated each other with respect and made everybody feel comfortable. And I just, I was really proud. Like I was really proud. I was like, this, this is our community. Like this is our community and this community is good. Like really good. Really good. Um, And and that, that meant a lot. Like it's one thing to just come on the mics and, you know, talk and hang out and be silly but it's another it's another thing when the community of people that listen to your shows and share your beliefs philosophies etc come together that it turns out to be so positive right and that was really special like yeah. that that probably is the biggest highlight 
for the year was just just kind of seeing our awesome community and not only just seeing but like being immersed in it the whole time. I'll just say to kind of conclude that that the the experience was really uh uplifting and that I very much look forward to that happening again. Yeah, so with our general impressions uh kind of chatted over here. Why don't we talk some more about the two of the games that we actually ran, um, Turning Point and Hydro Hackers. Yeah, two of the games that we, that we have you know. <laughs> helped create and ran, right? Right, like, right? I know. I mean, so, I only ran one game this con that I haven't been involved in. Uh, me too. Right, yeah. Oh, wait, no, wait. No, I don't think you ran any. What did you run? I, I didn't run any. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I ran all my shit. Um, right, because I ran one last job, but everything else, yes. like I'm developing on Hydro Hackers and I'm writing the other two, like, yeah. Yeah, so let, let's let take a second and talk about what Turning Point is, and then we'll talk about our sessions of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want me to do the elevator uh, for it? Or? Sure, and I'll tag in. Sure. All right, so Turning Point is a game that uh, what we call it is the uh, dramatic collaborative decision-making engine. Uh, And that is uh, the group plays a character who is facing a uh, life-changing dilemma, and they are going to make a choice of one thing or the other. And through play, by going and looking at their past by playing out scenes of their past we ultimately drive towards the decision that this character is going to make yeah how did he do yeah i I don't i actually don't have anything to add okay that sounds absolutely right so this is this is a story game that you and i have co-created yep we've been working on it together from the beginning unlike hydro hackers which we'll talk about the difference between designing and developing but yes this one uh we have actually designed and developed together this has been very much our joint efforts. Yep. And so because of that, we decided to run two sessions each. We ran and the game runs in 2 hours, right? The game right. the game runs actually fabulously in 2 hours. Pretty pretty quick. Yeah, it goes yep. nice and So we decided to both run tables on Thursday and Friday. Yes. Yep. So that gave us four actual plays. So tell me about your two tell me about your two plays. Right. And okay, so so my first play, my first play, I had some awesome people at the table, a kid named Ian, and then I had Chris and Bob actually stepped in so that we would have enough people to play two full um, games of it because we were short some seats. But we were we were going to merge tables, but then you know people showed up because people are awesome and they showed up. Um, so that was that was my game. We played the dream job dilemma, and it was pretty intense. Our character was um, he was a guy who. He had given up singing for his corporate accounting job, basically. And he had gotten this opportunity to be on American Idol, and he'd passed the first round of um, tryouts. But to go into the second round, he had to make some pretty um, severe life decisions about, you know, maintaining his job and all of this kind of stuff. So um, that was pretty intense. He had, he and his, he he was married and um, they had twins who were 16. So they were saving up to go to college. And, you know, we stacked it pretty hard to have some serious stakes about, you know, how that decision played out financially for him. Um yeah, it, and and that one that one went fantastically. The, the game did exactly what it was supposed to do. We were all very invested in the character. Bob made himself cry, and then I stabbed him in the gut and twisted the knife around a bunch. That happened. Uh, I mean, the game has the game has a strong 
it has a strong propensity for uh, bringing out intense emotional feelings. Yeah, I don't want to say it'll make you cry, right? But it it will it will it will pull on it will pull on 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 it will pull on feelings pretty hard. Yeah, which is I mean it's kind of designed to do. Um, oh yes, it is. And 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 <laughs> and the key component to that, as I discovered in the next setting of it that I ran, is the investment of the people at the table in that character actually caring about that character, whether they're a good person or not, right? So um, the session that I ran on Friday morning, we're still kind of picking apart to see what happened. It was still a great table of people, right? Like I had um, I had Jerry and I had Jim McClure and I feel so bad because I can't remember now the third gentleman who was at my uh, table. Mike. 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 Yep. Okay. Yep. Not Schmitty Mike, other Mike. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we also played the dream job on Friday morning. And with that particular round of the game, all the gears still turned, right? All the mechanics Mm -hmm. still functioned, but we did not get invested in that character at all. And that is the first time with either of us playtesting that that has happened, right? So that was... A very interesting playtest for me to be running. And and there's, you know, parts of it where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was out of it and it was Friday and like I was super jet lagged. And so like I'm looking at it like I don't think I necessarily ran it quite as well, which probably led into. But then there's also things like we're now having conversations about ways to build in better tools for getting emotional investment, Right. To, to push that to the front. So it wasn't the best session of it I've ever run. I think it's probably ended up being helpful in terms of developing the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that even from the alpha that we ran at Metatopia, which when you listen, if you go back and listen to our Metatopia recap we talk about, is that by and large, every time we run this game, it kind of does what we expect it to Yeah, do. the mechanics just kind of tick along and do their... Th- well, right. I mean, and even 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 that game, like, the commentary was basically, like, we didn't care. And it was like, yeah, but all the mechanics still ticked along and did what they were supposed to do. We uh, yeah, I think that's the... <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think that's the thing. And we can probably break this out to a separate episode about emotional playing with emotional content because much like horror and comedy there's a certain amount of buy-in that's necessary right and you can't the game can't make you buy in but the game can try to facilitate it and i think that's the piece that we were looking at adding to the game and we're still we're kicking it around the ideas a a couple ideas which i like right um that might just give that little extra oomph but it's right. really good. Like I think that it was really good to see a playtest of it go through and be like, huh, huh. it like that technically wasn't... did what it did, right? but it didn't do exactly what I expected, right? Right. It so, didn't do what it has done every other time I've run it. Yeah. Right. Now, now compared to you, I ran two tables uh-huh. and had actually very consistent experiences. Yeah. The first table I ran, we did the uh, new drug yep. dilemma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was actually really good. And uh, I had Mike. Yep, I had yeah. um, the Wear Gator and his wife, Nor, and uh, Donnie Harville. Yeah. 
And also, Listener, just gonna Donnie say, Harville. And I, I, but um, I have to say, Nora is awesome, and uh, I wish that I had her card with me right now because you guys should all check out her chainmail because it's really fantastic. Well, I'm and Nora doesn't normally go to cons, but man, did she come out of the oh, gate man. swinging! Yes. Like she was right into, she was right up into high into um into turning point. Like she was right on as soon as we like second I described the game, she was like, "I'm in." Like, yeah. let's do it. Yep, yep. Anyway, so that table went really well, and then my second table, I did Dream Job, mm-hmm. uh, and that time I did it with Evil John, mm-hmm. a gentleman whose name I don't remember, who I don't think even even was a listener of the show, just kind of like saw the description of Turning Point and jumped right. for it. Showed up, Cindy and Effie from Lake Effect Gaming, mm-hmm. and and Kickass Emily. Yep, our character was an our uh, a, a she was. I'm trying to remember what she did. Oh, she was an accountant. Yeah, it's, but it's funny. She we was always, really we have she some was, stereotypes about boring jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. So she was an accountant that became that wanted to become an artist. Yeah. And as it turned out, some people at the table actually had some of this background. Yep. And it was it was a really good, solid session. Like I was. I was really, and we were like across the table from you, right? Like right. we were on the other table. Yeah, you guys were um, over there having a turning point experience, like you know, people. There were people like, hugging each other right? and like you <laughs> right. know, close to tears and like and yep. like being really open and vulnerable. And then there's my table, and we're just like laughing. I know that's. I think when I turned, I was like, "You're doing it wrong." I know. Right? Like I was but half like, joke. I was like half joking. Right, but, but you were right. <laughs> Yeah, so it was really interesting, and it's funny because we talked about this. But when I um, when we talk about not liking the character, I when I took the game to Toronto two weeks before, I played with Rob, Rach, and Kate, and the character we made was not a likable character, not but we were all. all really invested in her. Right, and that game ran as expected. In fact, I remember in the middle of the game, Kate wrote on the character sheet, like she wrote, we are trash, right? right. Like, But you all um, still cared, right? Like, oh, we totally cared for her. She right? just was trash. Like yeah. she was terrible. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why when you had the experience and we were kind of picking it apart, I was like, no, it's not that it's not that the character was bad. Right. It's the it's the investment piece. Right. Because we, didn't, we, didn't care. we were totally committed to that character. That yeah. character was a terrible person. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So that was our by and large stuff. Yeah. By and large, Turning Point was uh, a big success and really an indicator to us that aside from a couple minor tweaks, this game is done. Yeah. And that we should we should start we should stop writing, writing it. it yeah. And we should stop. Yeah. We should stop developing and designing it and actually um, it. start the manuscript, which we are. Yeah. Which is awesome because. I'm super in love with this game, and I cannot wait to share it with more people. Right? I know, like that's right? like I, I'm really like I'm to the point where I'm like I just like please come play my game, please come play my game. And I say mine, but you know, I know ours. I know we don't typically run it together, right? Like, mm, yeah. Well, the, I mean, we have uh, we we, we have in to. the past, yeah, yeah. but we are now like now we we're now fully people. capable of just yeah. running this game separately for right. each. You know, like yeah, yeah. So I was saying that is in terms of like finding strangers right like right no i got it's our game um (laughs) it is very much our game it's been like that since we first conceived of it all right so the other one i want to talk about because we both ran it is hydro hackers yep and our experience is a little different with hydro hackers because this was the first time 
you've run Hydro Hackers. This was the let's let's clarify. This yes. was the first time that anyone who was not you had yes. run Hydro Hackers. Uh-huh. So it's yeah, not just is... a, like it was my first time. It was literally the first time that it wasn't you. Yeah, this is like a watershed moment, right? Like yeah. this is the Ashcan version of the game. You had gotten the advanced copy of the text. You got like literally the edited but not laid out text yeah. to work from. Yep. And you got the broken main adventure. Right. Which like I, you know, I've run before. A lot. And yeah. um and so I guess what I'll do is let me, I'll talk about it. I, I'll talk about it really quick because I've, you know, run this a bunch of times and then we'll we'll and then we'll focus on you. Okay. All right, so I ran two sessions of it. The actual first session I ran was for a couple friends and some couple friends and a couple gauntleteers who are also technically friends, but they're also gauntleteers. So Drew Smith, Secret Weapon of the Misdirected Mark, and Sean Merwin, who actually edited Hydro Hackers. Right, but hadn't uh, played it. Right. They were part they were they were in the group I ran, as well as Sherry. And Rich Rogers from The Gauntlet. Yep. And for me, this was a really big run of the game because Rich Rogers is uh, one of the hosts of Plus One Forward, mm-hmm. literally the podcast about PBTA games, right? Like, so I was mildly terrified to be running the, you know, the ash can for him because if he didn't like something, I was, you know, like, well, it's going to be published. Like, right. like I, I don't want to fix anything at this point, right? Like, I, but I was confident enough to run it in that I, you know, it's the ash can and we're basically have, and I've run it like a, like a million times. So, Anyway, that game turned out great, and Rich really enjoyed it and had some really nice things to say about it, and uh, and also had some good critiques. Rich is really good about both complimenting and criticizing games. Like, he, he can do that in a way that's very comfortable. Like, so several of the compliments he gave to me, I was um, really flattered about because they were things that I didn't think other people would recognize in the game, and some of his critiques were dead on, like that it is the densest setting for a PBTA game that has ever been made. Uh, and he is not wrong. Most PBTA games are like, hey, this is a game about drug lords. Like, so make up some stuff. And Hydra Hackers is like totally not that. Right? Hydra Hackers yeah, is like, this is a setting like a traditional role-playing game that happens to also use PBTA, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that game went off smashingly well. And it was really nice to actually get to run it for Sean, who had edited the game, but hadn't had a chance to play it except for the early, early alpha versions, and then to run it for Gauntleteers, because I will be running it uh, more often in the Gauntlet community in in the months to come. Uh, Then uh, my second table was... um, It was a bunch of people uh, looking for that plumbing game. Well, it was Evil John and three random players. Yeah. And I... So... It was good because we were both running at the same time, and yep. I think you sent me all the random players, and you kept. And we'll talk about your table right. in a yeah. second. Yeah, that that is what happened. But I was only cheating a little bit in that the people who came to my table did in fact have tickets for my table, and I could have shared some of them with you, but I didn't. No, it was fine. <laughs> I've actually run it enough times, and I've run it for strangers that I'm like totally fine. Like okay. Uh, no problem. And in fact, um, the three people who sat down at the table hadn't even played uh, a, a PBTA game. Right. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Like, grab a couple D6s uh, and follow along. Like, I'll get you through all of this. Yeah. So anyway, that also ran fine. And they had a good time. And that's how um, 
that's one of those things that always makes me feel good because people do show up to the game like, uh, is this the game about plumbing? Right. And then they leave going like, oh, that was a really cool game. Like, I didn't know what to expect, but like, it's, you know, it was better than I expected. Yep. So, which, uh, so which, yeah. which, which, having said that, I have to say, that's not you, according to Ken Height. You are a solid New Orleans. <laughs> I am a solid New Orleans, which we'll talk about maybe in the uh, after show outtakes. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so that second game ran fine. And unlike you, I have run this game a million times. So actually I ran it like pretty fast. Like I sat down at the table and I was like, well, look, this is a four hour slot. We'll never make it to four hours. Like it's okay. Like we'll, you know, you guys will get some time back. We'll have a good time. And we did, we played, I think like three, three hours and 25 minutes, something like that. Uh, and then I cut that table loose. Yeah, not me. Um, <laughs> But you, uh, but you ran it for the first time. So tell me, so tell me what it was like. Like, I I know your table. So talk about the table a little bit, but then I really want to hear your impressions of what it was like to GM the game. Well, so, uh, I'm, so I had, I mean, I had a fantastic table. Who did I have? I had, um, Eric, I had Noor, I had Jerry, I had two other wonderful folks who are listeners who I feel really bad that I don't remember their names. They were also at the misdirected Mark night. And then I had one gentleman who had just randomly signed up for the game (laughs) Mm -hmm. and had never heard of any of the podcasts or anything. At which point he was very, he was very kind because what happened was I didn't say anything, but the entire rest of the table like turned to him and was like, no, you don't understand. You have to listen to the podcast. And they're like, send a, give this man a card right now. And I'm like, okay, okay. I usually say this, you know, like after I've run a game, when I'm like, okay, now that you like me, because we just had this experience together, by the way, I have a podcast. Like, that's my general approach. Because you don't usually want to lead with, like, I have a podcast. I'm so snooty, right? Um, <laughs> right. They kind of, they just jumped in there and were like, no, it's amazing. You have to listen. I was like, okay, I love you all. Yeah, so that was my table. My table was far less scary for running it for the first time. Um, the really interesting thing that happened was because, like, I have played this game, like, a lot. Like you have played lot. you there was a time where you had played in every playtest of the right. game. Right. That time is no more, but there was a time when that was true. Yeah, so I've played this game like a lot. I reread all of the material going into Origins to make sure that I remembered everything. And then when I actually started running it, I realized that I totally did not get everything right. <laughs> uh oh. I know. I know. Which which parts did you not get right? I'm curious. Well, I know I screwed up the programming move. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... It didn't... I mean... So so what I will say is, nothing that I did broke anything. Right. I didn't break anything, but I didn't run those probably exactly as they were written. And I was like, I did the thing where I was like, no, I totally know how this game goes. And then I started running it and I was like, I don't actually know exactly how that one part moves so i'm gonna make a call so that we all keep going and we all had fun but uh because i was sort of stumbling my way through actually running the game and had not actually run the adventure before to have a good grasp of like how the pacing and stuff should work i ran that thing directly right up to the hour like we ended it you know 59 minutes or something like (laughs) it's like Oh boy, not my favorite. But I think that I think we had fun. Like I think it went well. We you, told a fun story. 
your players all seem to have had a good time. They seem to have a good time. I walked away going like, oh, man, I really need more practice at that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, one, you hadn't run a four-hour game in a while. Right. I actually hadn't run a four-hour game in a really long time until one last job the day before. And I was like, oh, my God. I remember why I don't run four-hour games. So... I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good because it 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 tells me like. I mean, I guess it informs me like what kind of things do I need to either talk about or post to kind of to support the game, right? Uh, as it comes out, right? Like, I I think the the thing is like I've sat in your games a lot, and you have a pattern for introducing your setting. And this was the first time I had run it, and while I'm pretty darn familiar with the setting from playing it a bunch, I do not have a pattern. For introducing your setting and that was actually the first part that i was just like whoa um like i think i touched on all the high points and you have kind of a very vague outline that you had handed me you know with the with the the scenario notes right right which i which when i reviewed the scenario notes i was like oh yeah i totally get this that's totally like that makes perfect sense like i know what you say when you do all of this stuff when i had to say it myself i was like oh god <laughs> i don't remember any of this <laughs> so it it does make me think that I should really consider I should really consider taking that first adventure or even a small adventure kind of writing it up or something right. and releasing it as a um Yeah, release it releasing as a releasing it as a PDF or something like a free yeah. PDF to Right, like just as um, a a PDF companion kind of thing. And then you can do stuff like put the put the quick setting description for like quick launching into the game and stuff like that in there. Yeah. So setting is definitely a thing. And as I move to do the final book, I really have to find a balance of conveying enough setting so that I like people run it kind of the way I imagine the Hydra Hackers world to be. Yeah. But not like the Gloranthia version, right? Where it's so dense that no one right. um no one can keep up on read it. Read all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I need to find this, like, really, like, I need to find a nice balance. I think the Ashcan's background does that. Yeah. I think that, I I think that if you read the Ashcan background as a player or GM, you will totally get what's going on in the game. I think the challenge you ran into is there's a thing, and I've, like, like you said, I've had to do it a million times. Yep. Where in the first 20 minutes of the game, I need to get you on board with this setting. Right, so it is, it is very much like... Here are the high points you need to know, right? Yes. So I think I probably should release a single page, like no cost supplement that is like, here's how to get the games. Like, here's how to get your game started. Like, you're like, do all this stuff and then start your adventure, right? Like, here's how you make characters. Here's how you, which I could easily do because I have that bulleted list and it would really just be a matter of listening. Like it would be a matter of myself, like typing a lot of, yeah, just typing out some of the stuff that you say. And you don't even necessarily have to write it all out, but like, here is the list of things to make sure that you mention. Right. So, um, so I found myself doing a lot of like, uh, okay, I think I've covered all the stuff that he talked about here and then like going on and moving on to the next part of character creation and then being like, Oh shit, I forgot a thing. Did you not just follow the I bulleted? was following the bulleted points, but they're not all explicit about exactly what they contain if you don't remember all the pieces because you made it for yourself, right? 
It makes perfect sense. And when you run it, I know exactly what it sounds like. But when I when it was on me to remember what all of those things individually meant, I would get, you know, 80% of what all of those bullets meant. And then like 10 minutes later, be like, oh, shit, I just remembered the last 20%. Like, <laughs> I believe actually happened. in talking about this, that um, this has been a episode that we did a long time ago. Really? Yeah, I think we did a whole episode on dense settings. Well, we did something about dense settings, yeah. But um, we're getting uh, very far into the show. We are. So and I think so we, we should move along. We should move along. Yeah, move along. There's one other thing that I want to mention really quickly before we wrap up, which is that uh, we played a fantastic off-books game of Three Rocketeers with P.K. Sullivan. wherein Which was fantastic. Yeah, wherein he created, like, me... The Queen, that was amazing. And Phil, La Panda. La Panda. Also freaking amazing. Your, your constant companion. My constant and, companion. And the yep. Porthos of the group. I was totally the Porthos. Totally the, the Porthos, yep. yeah. I was an uplifted I was an uplifted panda. And a badass one at that. A very badass uplifted panda. <sighs> yeah. And awesome. I was a magical girl and it was fantastic. So I just have to mention that because it was amazing. And thanks, PK. It's totally awesome. Yeah, thanks, PK. That was very cool and, and, and an awesome way to end. It was a very uh, good way convention. to end the con. Yeah, it was really yep. good. It was a it was a good gentle letdown from the all of the highs, right? So that is our wrap up for this year. And next week we are going to get back to our normal show format. We promise. Yep, absolutely. Not only promise, I've actually started working on it. Oh so, yeah, heck yeah. As a teaser, we're going to talk about designing one shots for conventions versus designing them for your home group. Do, do, do. Should be good. <laughs> and before we close this out, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Well, She's a Super Geek is an actual play RPG podcast that highlights women as GMs. Join me <laughs> every other Tuesday for lots of different RPGs and guests. Oh, oh, and that other, and the other girl. What's the other girl's name? Join you and who? What's what's Emily. her name? Which Emily? My Emily. <laughs> I don't know which Emily she goes. I the other Emily. There you go. <laughs> no, that other Emily. You know, Emily. Say, Senda, where can people find us on social media? Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Google Plus Misdirected Mark community, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Uh, please, by all means, send us your topics. We love doing this show, and we love it even more if we talk about the things that you want to hear us talk about. In fact, our show is like 98% your topics, like 2% stuff that we come up with, which is awesome. Right. And uh, you guys come up with, you guys come up with like way cool stuff. Like I, we've been doing this for a while and we do, and I do this on another, and I do this on another show. So it's really cool when you guys come up with better things for me to think about than things that I would normally come up with. Anyway, send us your topics. We love to talk about them in terms of one shots and campaigns and opposing two points of view. And if you're not even sure if something's a whole topic, send it anyway, because if it's not, we'll throw it in the grab bag. And uh, when we're short on time, we'll do grab bag episodes where we uh, just answer a bunch of questions. Yep, and give them silly names. Say, Senda, what else can you do with our social media? 
that is awesome and that we did all uh, during Origins. Yeah, we totally did. You can send us your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting down to play an awesome game with those awesome peoples, snap a selfie of you with that table of cool peeps. Hashtag it table selfie and post it on the social media of your choice. Twitter is the best, but I will try to find it wherever it is. And we will swing by and like it because we love to see what you guys are playing. If you like what we do here elsewhere on or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get things like the bonus outtakes, which I didn't think there was going to be any. <laughs> There's totally going to be some. Um, the after show for Misdirected Mark, access to our Slack room uh, and other cool goodies that we uh, like to put out and when we design stuff. Uh, and want to share. But another thing we do is we like to shout out to our patrons. So, Senda, who are we shouting out to first? Well, we have Wayne, the Duke of the Darkest Sons. Thank you, Wayne. Remy Bilodeau, thank you very much for your support. Thanks, Remy. Mike Schmitty, we got to hang out with Schmitty a bunch at Origins. That was pretty epic. Thanks, Schmitty's Schmitty. Schmitty's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was digging it. Yep. Uh, and John... You know who you are. Thanks, John. Uh, thanks, John. <laughs> Say, Senda, what's the other thing that listeners can do if they're uh, unable to support or already supporting the Patreon? It's a thing that they can do that makes us super happy and giddy and fall out of our chairs like uh, actual pandas. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave it somewhere else, let us know because we're just checking Apple Podcasts, but we super duper appreciate them. And yeah, it's basically like telling the world, like, listen to the show because it's awesome. And uh, we love hearing that. It definitely makes our days um, much brighter. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Say, Senda. Show me what we're going to do next with Turning Point. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. I'm pretty whipped in terms of sleep and stuff, so uh, if I'm yeah. a little flatter than normal, listeners, I apologize. But uh, we didn't want to skip, and uh, we wanted to make sure that there was a episode. So, um, on with the show, right? We're going to smash it out. Bloop. I don't know if I got anything. Like, Right? I mean, we're going to... Origins was exciting, but that's we're going to talk about Origins. I know, like, right? Like, all that's episode. all the right. stuff... Like, that's that's what we would talk about. That's all the stuff so. I can I can basically talk about. I know, and I don't have a song because I didn't drive into work today because I have... A little bit of the con crud, right? The con crud, yeah. yeah we're, kind like, of a, we're kind of a mess, folks. <laughs> like, we're... Uh, I think I slept most of it off. I took ugh. the day off. Like... I don't know. Sure. I'm only... <laughs> I hope so. I'm only mildly jealous and annoyed that you slept. I know. Like... I know. We love you guys. That's why we're here, but... Yeah, we're going to power through. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. But did you see Rob's taco meat meme? Uh, which one? Wait. <laughs> well, there was the there was the private Slack one with the panda with the human yeah, yeah. head that said, cover me in that taco was, meat. 
truly disturbing. And, and then there was the Fifty Shades. <laughs> yeah, the Fifty Shades. Yeah, I have. I have peculiar. I have peculiar interests. Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloop. All right, right, anyway, right, we could start. Okay, the show. So we should probably start the show now, right? <laughs> now, now we can start the show. I don't even All know right. how we ended up on that. Oh, it was Rob's fault. Curse yeah, you, Abrazado. Because you, you did the whole... The taco meat. you did the whole taco meat thing. Taco yeah. meat. I mean, that part's my fault. Technically, that's my fault. Yeah, the, the taco, taco meat, meat is completely your fault. We have other people approaching Which, us with, with foods that could possibly be less sexy than taco meat. Uh, they were. I, I don't know less sexy. There were definitely some runners-up, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Some honorable mentions include uh, spaghetti. That bad, okay. that would be pretty gross. Malto meal, I um, think, came up. What was it? Malto meal. What the hell is malto meal? I don't even. Is that know. like milky juice? Oh god! <laughs> is milky juice unsexy? I don't think it is. I don't know if milky juice is unsexy or not because we can't get it in the U.S. I, I think milky juice would be fine. Bloop. Why am I watching the milky juice commercial? I don't know. What are you doing? How did Google? This I I typed something, and the next thing I know, there's a milky juice commercial. Oh, Can we start the show now? Bloop. All right, I, I think milky juice is 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 probably sexier than taco meat. Like, I mean, in the way that liquid is sexier than taco meat, than like chunky watery meat. No, no, hang on, hang on. Okay, are you challenging that all okay. liquids no, are better? No, because I think. Oh God! Because I, I think that I could probably find liquids no. that weren't. I feel like this is not a challenge. I feel like this was not a challenge. Oh, you know, you know, it's another runner-up. What? Cottage cheese. Oh God! Yeah, because it has that like it. The consistency is an issue. Oh, <laughs> cottage cheese. I mean, first of all, I, I loathe cottage cheese in real life. Like because the cottage cheese is, an is issue, like right. Because it's like milk that's not like it, it's cheese that's not done or milk that's overdone. Like it's it's basically it's a dairy product that has failed to pick a major, right? Like it's it, it, it like it 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 didn't declare a major, right? Like no. it, 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 it was like maybe I'll be cheese, maybe I'll be milk, uh, maybe I'll dual major. Like I'll dual major I mean, as milky, milky cheese, yes. right? Cottage cheese is milky cheese. <laughs> I, I might amend. I might amend that. That, that I might amend that. Uh, I think cottage cheese may be less sexy than taco meat. Like right. Be, I mean, it has the it, same textural issue where it is both liquidy and lumpy. I guess here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Here's where we come down on this. If 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 I walked in and and my lover had like taco meat poured all over them, I would be like, "You are covered in taco meat." what the like you know and and wouldn't know what to do but like if if i came in and they were like covered in cottage cheese i would be like oh my god are you sick did something happen like like do you need to go to the hospital like because like you wouldn't actually know right away like like if something happened and they were like like they'd gotten sick or something like so i i don't know i i Okay, that happened. So milky cheese there. aside. Oh God, I can't even. Oh, like, <laughs> just just talking about it makes me queasy. Oh, I really cottage cottage cheese is one of the cottage cheese is like a that's that is a that is a hard limit for me, right? Like no needles. 
Uh, no urethra stuff and, and no, no cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> got it. Okay, oh, we're all good. Set. We're all set now. Yeah. I knew if we got you going, the lack of sleep would lead us to interesting places. Oh. And lo, it hath. Led us to the milky cheese. <laughs> milky cheese. That's going right up there with the beefness. <laughs> so anyway, we should start. Are we the ready show to start now. the show now? I feel I think like we're we can good. start the show now. Yep. Right. I feel like I. I feel like I feel like there's like an achievement you have to achieve before the show can start. Like I feel like we just got there. Like <laughs> achievement unlocked. Super disturbing, <laughs> super <laughs> disturbing <laughs> sexual image. Bloop. Hey, it- literally, like walk in the door and be like, "Oh my god, are you okay? Did you get the flu? Right. Are you all right? <laughs> like, do we need to get a doctor? Like, have you been possessed by an? Have you <laughs> like, been possessed you by a demon? Yeah. Do you have rabies? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, exactly. okay. 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 Right. Okay. 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 Instead of like, hey, I'm the human taco. Instead, like, it, it's just, it's all gone wrong. Like, it's just so wrong. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> meow. 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 <laughs> That's all I got. Meow. I'm afraid if I even make the cat thing, I'll just start yawning. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. So. Meow. <laughs> meow. Bloop. All right. Stop laughing. I got to do the thing. I was silent. I was you weren't. Silent. I heard it. <laughs> Well, audacity. Are you didn't, still stuck? Audacity didn't hear it. Audacity didn't record any waveforms. Audacity isn't as attuned to um, my co-host as I am. Like I, like we are drift compatible. Right, we're like, telepathically. I, I sense most of the time yeah, we're, drift, we're drift compatible in all ways except what's black and white and red all over. Apparently, I, I stand by my answer. <laughs> so anyway, meow, meow, la meow. <laughs> Oh God, La Panda! You're still doing the thing. Are we talking about La Panda? Are we going to talk anyway? Good, you should start the show. We really can't because every time I do the meow, you laugh. Meow. I know. I guess <laughs> I just said it. Boom! Boom! Hey, future Senda, we're gonna try our hardest to keep this to forty-five minutes. Uh huh. Milky cheese. <laughs> no spoilers. Non-linear uh, podcasting. Uh, we are professionals. Professionals. I know we've even got plaques now. I mean, I guess, by the way, before that milky cheese thing comes up, you may not want to be operating an, a, a, a motor vehicle. vehicle. <laughs> As we got some comments, we got some comments about the taco meat um, and the beefness. Uh, you may not want to be operating a motor vehicle by the time you get to the outtakes for the show this week. Yeah, and PK, if you're riding a bike, don't don't do that. that don't do that. That right. yeah, good. Okay, good. Uh, real yeah. quick. Bloop. On with the show. Bloop. We so are, send- yeah, good. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Sandra, let me finish the show now. Bloop. Yeah. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Yeah. Show me what you got. Show, show me what you got. What you got. Uh-uh. Yeah, we should probably just stop recording. Oh boy, we really should. Yeah. I'm super sleepy. Yep. 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 All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.